How many of you are not maximizing your potential because you have a fear of failure? You don't really know what to expect. You think that if you dive into your passion or you dive into this new business or you dive into this new journey, there's a chance you're going to fall flat on your face and never recover. I see your point. I get it. It's terrifying to do something new or to get into a new relationship or to start a new career or what have you. But guess what? I don't think anyone had just like popped up out of birth and knew how to walk. You had to fall a couple of times, right? Before you really got the handle of things. And now you're just trotting about the earth and just, you know, doing a great job walking. Well, similarly, that's how many of our life's journeys go is you have to learn. You have to learn from your failures. I wish it could be that easy. I wish the podcast could be over there, but then I wouldn't have a podcast. I brought special guest Brandy Voth on the show today. She's been on the show before by popular demand. She's back. Author of the Power Project book, podcast host of the Power Project podcast. She's a life coach and she's an angel. And she has the ability to just dissect all these critical topics like fear of failure for us to walk away with some amazing knowledge and confidence in ourselves. So let's dive right into it. If you have a fear of failure or a fear of success, this is a podcast you need to hear because you need to absolutely stop being scared of taking a leap of faith and diving into things that you are incredibly interested in or starting something new because you're afraid. That stops today, folks. Let's dive right into overcoming your fear of failure with Brandy Both. You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. What is up, world? Welcome back to Misunderstood. I have returning guest, Brandy Voth, extraordinaire of empowerment, power, all things to boost confidence. Welcome back to the show, Brandy. Oh my gosh, thank you. And you're you're just too sweet. Like if I can be introduced as anything, those are some amazing accolades. So thank you. You are. I mean, even just while we were getting like audio set up, I'm sitting here thinking like, look at us, just a couple of like empowerment queens vibing. (laughs) (laughs) We are like, I love it because our brands are so similar. We're just in completely different like realms and what we do. Like you have a book. Whoa. I mean, that's huge in itself. I can't even imagine writing a book. First of all, The Power Project. Then you have a podcast. You launched a hat company in 2020, the Power Hat Co. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hat company, life coach. What am I missing? You you do so much stuff. I mean, you know, there's like mom and mom and wife and those oh, other things. That's right. This probably other things. This probably <laughs> isn't the season that I'm like killing it in those areas. I would say, like, oh, this is the season that I. You're not getting yourself enough credit. Well, you know, it's one of those. It's funny. Like I tell people, like you go through seasons of we're not all the things at once, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's the whole like stigma. What were all the people that you were supposed to be a certain 
you know, lady in the kitchen and a certain lady at, in the bedroom and a certain lady, you know, in front of people. And it's like, you're supposed to be what on you. You, <laughs> you know what I'm when talking about? When you said that, all I thought about was Usher song. It's like a lady in the streets and a freak, and a in, freak the in the streets. <laughs> I was trying not to say that, but that's oh my like, God. And so I had to go there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like we get told, like we're supposed to like nail all of these, you know, departments that we're in and mm-hmm. these hats that we wear. And the honest goodness truth is we can do all these things, but we can't do them at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I killed it as a mom and a wife for 10 years. And now my family loves me and they support me. And they're like, yeah, sure. I'll heat up some sausage and a can of black eyed peas for dinner while you do a podcast <laughs> episode, you know? So, I mean, oh I'm still God. killing it just in a completely different manner. How old are your kids? So I have a 14, nearly 15 year old and an 11, nearly 12 year old I have a 26-year-old stepson and daughter-in-law. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, at least they're at that age where they do understand, you know, like it must be really – I'd love to have a mom on the show too who is in a similar position to like what we're doing and what we're launching, but they have like a toddler – and like the toddler oh. just does not know, you know, yeah. like they have no idea what mom is doing. They they just know that mom is busy and not giving them attention. Yes, that's how I feel about my dog. My dog <laughs> is often like, "Why are you recording a podcast? I want to go out for a walk." And I'm like, "They won't <laughs> go away. Like I need to focus." But I completely agree with that because there are times, and luckily I have the most supportive partner in the absolute world. But there are times he just sees me. I like walk into the bedroom and I'm like, I killed it at work today. Totally neglected him. Uh-huh. Didn't talk to him the entire day. Didn't respond to a single text. Like, hair is in a mess. Lipstick's wipe- wiped off. I don't look pretty, but I'm like, I killed it at work. And he's like, great job, babe. Like, <laughs> by the way, ordered pizza. It's on the counter. And I'm like, sorry, I neglected you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel I really bad. I know. And we, you know, you have to just like carve out time for like when, um, okay. So, you know, tomorrow is going to be some hands-on time with the kids today Mm -hmm. was, was coaching sessions and podcast interview and ordering supplies for the hat company and things like that. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow I'm carving out some time for the kids. There'll be, you know, another time that I carve out like some time for the husband, like one-on-one time. And we can't do like, we can't do it all. It would be like having all the browsers open on your computer at once. And like, trying to consume all of that information at once. Instead, like just focus on the one browser. Yeah. You know, my browser that's open right now is podcasting. After this, we'll we'll open a different browser. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good way of thinking about it. I mean, like fundamentally, obviously you have your priorities and number one, it, like that's Austin. First and foremost, like podcasting will come to a halt. Modeling will come to a halt. Like all things will come to a halt if like need be in order to make that relationship priority. But luckily I... I believe in my heart of hearts that he knows he's the priority, which is why I can like fulfill these other things. Right. (laughs) But I mean, that's not always the case for a lot of people. And, you know, they're juggling a lot of hats and they're like maxing them out. I'm going to lean in on that. And this is not even what we're going to talk about today. That's okay. We're vibing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to lean in on that because when you talk about like, you know, Austin, like Austin knowing that he's your priority and you like dropping everything else if you ever need to. And hopefully he always knows, you know, that he takes priority over that. He knows that these other things, these other browsers that you open, right? Like this, you know, all your, your career and your pageants and your podcasts, like Mm -hmm. those are all part of the things that are your strengths and your gifts that make you who you are and who he fell in love with. So for him to support that and for him to like throw the pizza on the counter that night, 
that you come in and you've killed it at work. He's supporting you being the truest version of you that he fell in love with. So yeah, that's called healthy balance. I love that. That is kind of true because if I think, like if I sit down and think, okay, if I erased all of those attributes, like if I wasn't Kelly the podcaster, Kelly the motivational speaker, Kelly, you know, the pageant contender, Kelly the model, Kelly, like all of these passions, what would really be Kelly? And it's not any of those things. It's not like the specific titles is that they lump some into passion. And one of the things I love, he says when he talks about me, is he always says, what I love about you the most is passion, is the passion that you have. And so whether that's derived into Miss California or Sports Illustrated Swimsuit or Misunderstood Podcast, I love that from the get-go, he's always known that. But I work really hard to make sure I remind him, like, you're the priority. And on the weekends, I don't do any, like, extracurricular work. You know, I don't record podcasts on the weekends. I'll hustle through the week. I'll do shoots during the week. You know, I will get up at three in the morning to do a shoot before the sun is up. You know, like I'll do all those things. So I still have my sacred time with him Uh and I try to emulate that. But I mean, it's tough because at the end of the day, like I fear to get in a little bit to what we're going to talk about, but like I fear failure as a wife. Like I, because I'm doing so much now and I haven't been a wife before, And, you know, I see a lot of women who are like stellar moms and stellar wives. And these moms have like these Pinterest lunches. Like what? Like they literally are like, ooh, it's Halloween day today at school. And they have like fake spiders crawling out of their kid's lunchbox. And I'm like, who are you? Like, are you the (laughs) licorice? And then I see these wives who are just They have these clean homes and they have candles lit. They're posting on Instagram of like their perfect little like accents and curtains. At any given time, my apartment looks like a crap shoot. Like I'm just like, (laughs) oops, need to clean eventually. But like got 1,700 other things to do. So that is like where my failure kind of comes in because I have all these things and I want to succeed at them. But like most of all, I know that is what I want to succeed at the most in my life. And it's scary because I'm like embarking on this journey. I'm like, what if I fail? I don't know. Brandy, tell me what to do. Well, you know, I (laughs) I think that honestly, like I know that I personally feared failing as a wife because I'm not a naturally geared person for like marriage and relationships. I do really well on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm super independent. I don't, I don't lean into like needing someone else, leaning on someone else, submitting Mm -hmm. to someone else well at all. So I think in my heart of hearts, I always knew from a very young age, like I would say I didn't, I didn't have any plans to get married. And so I think that, you know, when I was someone's wife, I had this definite overhanging fear of failing at that. And I think that I did the 10 years of being that mom with like the spiders climbing out of the, you know, the (laughs) Halloween treats. I, because my thing was when I became a mom who, and I never really planned on having kids in the first place. That was my only job at that point. Like I was wife and mom and it was like, well, I'm going to be on top of this game so hard. I'm going to be so good at it. Right. And I threw my all into everything and it. I was the woman you're, you're describing, like the clean house, the, the kids that, you know, looked adorable at school and had Pinterest worthy lunch boxes. And, and this was even before Pinterest was a big thing, you know, and I never wanted to look like I was not on top of my game there. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And that was how I'm wired as whatever I'm doing, I'm going to throw myself into, but listen, 
Today, I am the mom that has 1,700 things going on. My house is a complete wreck. Like I've already told you, we have like sausage and black eyed peas happening, you know, <laughs> for dinner that my husband's I cooking and like in his man cave. But you know, that whole, like when we start thinking about this fear of failure, and this is one of the things that I kind of wanted to even like talk to your audience about is mm-hmm. when we start talking about, I have this fear of failure. Well, like, what are you actually afraid of with the failure? It What's wrapped up inside of that fear of failing? Like, you're not actually afraid that your partner is going to leave you, but what part of the failing at this are you afraid of? Is it like failing in other people's eyes because you're not June Cleaver and Betty Crocker and Susie Homemaker, you know, or like, what is the true fear there? And is it more of like letting other people's opinions and ideas speak into our idea of success? So is it, is it truly a fear of failure or is it truly like just a jacked up way of thinking about what we see as a successful wife, mother, business owner, friend, daughter, sister? Like, is it really just more of like other people's opinions speaking into our lives? I think that we could probably approach this in two different ways. Like having a fear of failure. There's a fear of a failure whenever you're, you know, running a race or doing a pageant or starting a business or starting a podcast. Like, There's a lot of different metrics that fall into those things in which you can measure success, like success of your podcast by how many downloads you're getting or, you know, goals you're setting or the success by what you fall, if you place top 15 in the pageant or whatever it is, like there's certain metrics you can follow to see like, okay, comparatively, how successful was I to the rest of the group, right? But then in something like being a wife or, you know, failure in general as a mom, that is scary to me because there's not really a metric. Like that is something sometimes people, and this, what do I know? I've never been married, but I feel like a lot of people look back and they're like, things started slipping years and years and years before I ever really saw there was an issue. Like little things started changing or, you know, the I love you started dropping or showing up became like less and less and less or someone became less of a priority or like children took priority or you look back in your wise old age and you're like, yep, you know, that 10 year point, things started shifting and that's when the marriage really started falling apart. That is what is scary to me because up until this point, I've been so involved in things with metrics, so much so. Like, I was a cross-country and track runner. I was recruited to go to the Naval Academy. I mean, that has a stopwatch attached to it. Like, that is the most, like, critical, like, damning evidence you have to prove, like, if you failed or if you did well. And then, you know, whether it's pageantry, placing, or Naval Academy grades, or whatever, even in the military, you're ranked, you have a score like on how your performance is measured. That's not really the same with marriage. You just know like, you're like, Hey hubby, are you happy? Do you love me? And I also (laughs) ask, I ask Austin if he loves me, like I'm not getting every day. And he thinks I'm a lunatic. Like, I'm like, Hey, do you still love me? And he's like, same answer as yesterday. Still love you. And I'm like, are you sure though? Like, I just want to make it. Nothing changed. Like, did anything change? And he was like, no. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I'm like super great because like there's nothing, like there's no analytics or insights off yeah. Instagram you can pull. Yeah. It's scary, right? <laughs> It's scary. So and like, scary. have we, have we, I, I, we may have discussed this the last time I was on with you, but I think I know the answer to this. Did you tell me your Enneagram number? 
Do you know your Enneagram number? I'm so embarrassed. We did talk about this and you literally sent me the text and I still okay. have not taken the quiz. Okay. And I so, need to, next time we talk, I'm taking the quiz. That's Done. okay. Like I can, <laughs> I'm not allowed to type you and tell you what type you are. I have a really good feeling you're the same type as I am because <laughs> I am the achiever slash performer and I really love accomplishing things and having people tell me I did a good job at them and I like Sounds performing like and I like achieving things. <laughs> I like I like I like having like boxes to check off, right? Like mm-hmm. I like I like looking back and saying like a to-do list makes me really excited when I look back and see like, ooh, like I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. Like oh, that's yeah. it's you know, it's even that minute of a thing. And so when we have something that we're not able to measure in like did I finish top of the class? Did I, you know, did I finish top of the race? Did I finish top of the pageant? Did I finish X, Y, and Z? It's really comes down to like having to retrain your brain about like, how do you view success? Like Mm -hmm. what is successful to you? And I had a really good dose of this firsthand when I started working with traffic survivors and mentoring residents in an aftercare program, because we would walk through a life coaching, business coaching class program. And at the end of it, they would go on and they would graduate this nine to 12 month program. And I just thought everyone would be so overjoyed. They would never go back to any lifestyle they'd ever been in before. They would just be like, you know, I'm saved and this is a good life and it's healthy and wholesome. And so when I started seeing these graduates go back to lifestyles that they had before or relapsing, I was like, this, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I start looking at like, what's our success rate with this program? Like this one didn't graduate. You know, this one ended up back in jail. Okay, this one graduated, but then she went back to, you know, the same life. So I was having this conversation with a friend in the industry, in this sector. And they said, I think what you have to do is just reevaluate like what you see as success because your idea of success is them graduating, staying clean and sober for life and, you know, getting a job and moving on. And their, you know, their success that they have, maybe the fact that they finished a program or that they learned something about themselves in this program Mm -hmm. or that they learned to draw a little more of a boundary line, even if they relapse or, you know, fall off the wagon for a minute, like there's still a success in that, that you're not even counting for. So while I can't measure like on a scale of one to 10, am I a 10 as a wife or a one, or am I a 10 as a mom or a one? I have to look at like, are my kids happy, healthy, safe, and know they're loved? Like I just knocked it out of the park. If they can answer yes to all of those is my husband, you know, secure in our relationship are the majority of his needs met ish, you know, (laughs) is he receiving love from me? Is he feeling love? And so I think when we look at it that way, it helps. And like you asking Austin, if he loves you daily, I have conversations with my kids on a pretty regular basis Mm -hmm. that says, Hey guys, on a scale of one to 10, this is honest and truth. (laughs) 10 being I am the best freaking mom in the whole world. I'm amazing. There's nothing else I could do better to be a better mom. And one being I'm totally failing miserably and you totally think you got the short end of the stick and you wish you had a different mom. Like, um, where do I fall? And and I'm like, and I tell them, this is permission <laughs> to be 100% honest. 
every single time they come back with a 10. And it's not because they want goodies or treats. It's because I'm their mom that was created for them to be in relationship with them. I'm the one that was entrusted with them in my life, right? Like there are not accidents in life. Like we were created to be a family on purpose. And so it doesn't matter if I forget to dry their jeans in the washing machine like three (laughs) days in a row (laughs) or, you know, or if I totally don't get the Instacart order and there's no cereal in the pantry. Like I'm still killing it as their mom because they're, they know they're loved and they're Um, safe and healthy and happy and whole. I'm going to start doing the same scale with Austin, except he can be a little bit harsher. Sometimes he'll be like, (laughs) you know what? I would say 10, but nine, because you definitely did not get the everything bagels. And those are my favorite. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Like he is ruthless when it comes to that stuff. And I did, I did shrink his shorts the other day, which was kind of a bummer for me. Oh yeah. No, no. My husband will be honest with that too. He'll be honest with that too. But it usually comes down to more of the, um, you could step it up in your intimacy department, you know, and then, and then I'll totally give you a 10. (laughs) You're like, thanks. (laughs) I love it. What day is it? Um, give me like three days. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, that's definitely something I think it's been on my heart. And I have a wonderful example. And my parents, my mom, my mom was like the best mom. I mean, what? Like, especially now as I get older, she just knocked out of the park. Like she's killed it. And she was like room mom every year, PTA, build sets for all of our school plays. She just made all of our Halloween costumes. She taught me how to do my makeup. Like she was just so involved. And then she also was like kick butt wife. She always had her makeup done for my dad every day. Oh, that's like props, man. Props. Like that's the, that's the standard I have to live up to. Like what? And she still tells me that to this day. She's like, no matter what, before your hubby comes home, you put on a little bit of lipstick. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, mom. And I try my best. Like, I really, really do. And it's funny because Austin doesn't even like lipstick. He's like, <laughs> like, but when I have it on, he's like, oh, you look so pretty. I'm like, yeah, thanks, yeah, mom. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has like such a high standard. So to dig in a little bit more, I mean, I know there's people like me and I know that they're out there in the world. And I'm a really confident person. I mean, mind you, I'm, I know I am. Like, I give freaking just conversations about confidence all the time. Like, I'm on IGT Live and I'll talk to you about confidence all day long. But there's people out there who are constantly fearing failure, whether they're, you know, starting a business, starting a blog, going to school, getting into a relationship. I mean, you name it, they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know about this. And I feel that. I mean, I felt that with Miss California. I felt that starting misunderstood. I felt that in so many different areas of my life. What would be some of your tips or really just like what tips do you have to guide them in their journey to overcome that fear of failure? So I think that when you start thinking about the fear of failure, you have to make sure that you're like not focusing on like the failure part greater than you are the fear part. Because if you focus more on the failure than you do the fear, your mind's automatically going to go to, how do I avoid failure? How do I stay away from failure? How do I not experience failure? Because if I have a fear of, of flying and I get fixated on flying, right? It's like, well, how am I, I'm going to stay away from airplanes or I have a fear of spiders and bugs. So I'm never going to go hiking or into the country. But if we look at the word fear, more than the actual thing that we're fearing. And we think, okay, how do we overcome fear? 
How do you mm-hmm. overcome fear of anything, right? Like if you're afraid of heights, you know, a lot of people will challenge themselves to do some type of activity that helps them to overcome that fear because fear typically we only have it until we experience the thing that we're afraid of. Most of the time, we're not afraid of things that we're really comfortable with and things that we know, right? Like we're afraid of things that we haven't experienced because it's this whole unknown, like scary thing to us. So we sit back and we're afraid of failure. I personally was a person that had not experienced failure. And I had a fear of failure because I didn't know what it was like. Like I knew Mm -hmm. what achieving felt like. I knew what winning felt like. I knew what being at the top felt like. And I kept, if I just keep... If I just keep winning and achieving and doing all these things, I never have to think about what the actual failure is going to feel like. But once you fail and you realize it's not really that scary, it starts to lose power over you. So if you think about um, even like kids, right? Like you've got a kid standing on the side of the pool and they're scared to jump into the swimming pool. And you're like, come on, come on. It's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And they're scared until they jump in and they experience and you catch them and they realize, oh, this was okay. This was just something mm-hmm. I had to, I had to cross that threshold, right? Like I had to get on the plane and take a flight and land on ground and realize the fear might still be there a little bit, but I, I didn't die in the plane. You know, I mm-hmm. made it. I, it gets a little less scary every single time that we embrace, address, or encounter the fear that we have, right? Whatever the fear is. Embrace, address, and encounter. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like it needs to be on a t-shirt. Embrace, address, (laughs) encounter. I can handle that. Because I think that when when you call it out, right? Like when you go, okay, I'm going to fail. Like the first step to overcoming this fear of failure is to fail. Like mm-hmm. literally like accept the fact. So we're going to embrace it. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to, I'm going to walk up and be like, okay, I'm moving forward with this business. I'm going to embrace the fact that I'm going to fail in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to address that and say, that's all right. And then I'm going to walk through the encounter of what does that look like while I fail? So to put it in just layman's terms, right? So when you get married or even in a relationship, everything's beautiful and it's fine and it's butterflies and it's rainbows. And then all of a sudden you hear that little, like that DJ record screech that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The DJ record. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you hit this all of a sudden, like you have a big fight and it's the first fight you've ever had. And in the midst of the fight, you're like, oh my God, that like it's all falling apart and he doesn't love me and we're not going to make it. And it was just awful and, you know, mm-hmm. terrible. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, well, he still loves me and I still love him. And we disagreed and we're coming together to learn how to walk through this. It has like less of a hold, a stronghold on your mind, this fight, because we've walked through it. We've experienced it, right? We've addressed it. We've embraced it. We've encountered it and we've processed it. Like you take what came from that experience. It's like, you know, you bring your baby home from the hospital and you think you got to wrap them in bubble wrap for the next 18 years of their life because you're like, Mm -hmm. so like, oh my God, don't let anything happen to them. And then, (laughs) you know, and then your newborn, beautiful baby rolls off the bed for the first time and and cries and you're like, oh my God, he's going to shatter into a million pieces. I broke him. And then you pick him up and you hold him and he's fine. And he goes right back to doing all the same things. And so you're like, oh, well, okay. So we've, We've accepted this. We've embraced this. We've encountered this. Oh my God, do babies fall off beds? 
Oh, dude, my second one fell off so many times. It's not even funny. Like, I <gasps> nobody send me. Oh my god, I would, I'm having I'm, I'm having this conversation <laughs> with you because if my kid falls off my bed, Austin is going to run it to the ER. Like, I already know. If Dale coughs up a furball, he's like, "We should call the vet," and I'm like, "No." <laughs> absolutely not so good to know and and that's fine he can rush the baby to the er and the er is gonna tell you they call them bouncing babies for a reason your baby's fine Mm -hmm. and you can go home and maybe by like the third fourth or fifth time that he's rushed to the er he's gonna realize it's not really that big of a deal the baby's fine we're gonna move forward right also, maybe he's remembered at that point to not leave the baby unattended, like to close yeah. to the edge of the bed. <laughs> right. So, so I think the first thing you do is like accept the fact that you're going to fail, like embrace the failure that you walk through, encounter it, and just really like process the experience. But the second part is do not let that failure define you, right? Like you're not your failure. You are a person who failed at something. So I quit college with a large scholarship and it was the first time that I failed at anything. And it was mm-hmm. a year, it was a year of my life where I had a relationship that had fallen apart and I quit college. And I think the next year, like I quit my high school job that I had been at for like three years. And so I was a person who had never failed at anything and never quit anything. And then all of a sudden I experienced a great amount of it all at once. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying like, obviously I wasn't, you know, healthy enough to realize like I didn't have boundaries with college and work and taking things on at that time. And I overloaded myself and I reached burnout and there was a whole multitude of underlying issues working, Mm -hmm. but I just wore the title of college dropout. I wore that failure. I wore like what everyone Mm -hmm. around me saw, like what they perceived me as a failure, I took on as myself. And what people didn't perceive of me as a failure, I invented and created for myself. And I wore that like really, really heavily for a very long time. So I think when we decide that we're not going to let that failure define us, we're going to say, I failed. People fail. Like nobody knocks it out of the park a hundred times out of a hundred, right? Like there's going to be failure along the way of every single journey that we take. Mm -hmm. And so just realizing I'm a person that did X, Y, and Z. I'm not, that's not me. That's not, that doesn't define me. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to continue failing at that. Chances are, I'm probably going to get better at it because I've learned something from it from the first time. That that is the part. I have a whole episode on why failing was the best thing that ever happened to you. And it's pretty early on. It's like episode six or seven or something on the podcast. But I brought up specific examples of when I, air quotes, like thought I failed. And, you know, whether it was I fell at my state track meet and blew scholarship opportunities, ended up getting more scholarship opportunities because I stood up after I had been tricked and I finished the race. And like, there's so many other things, you know, like getting runner up at Miss California, you know, thinking I had failed, that I had fallen short, and then doors open for other opportunities later on. If those things hadn't happened, they wouldn't have led you to another path or another step in the direction you're supposed to be at. And I'm just one of those people where I just, like, once you fail once, then you recover, and then you fail twice, and you recover again, you really start, like you said, to not really have a fear of it anymore. And that's why I can do insane things now, like submit a video for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit 
Because in my mind, I'm thinking either A, I won't hear a thing. I won't hear a single thing. And guess what? That won't affect me, my life, my passions, and everything I'm pursuing. Or B, I do hear something. And like, by golly, how incredible that I took that leap of faith and I had the confidence in myself to pursue something else. But I think it took failing in other areas and seeing how all these other opportunities lined up with those previous, quote, failures to really keep my mind open now and see them as learning lessons instead of failures. Oh, that's 100%. And that like leads straight into the third thing that I was going to say about overcoming this fear of failure is redefining how we view failure. Because mm-hmm. if, if we take away all the negative power that it has and we view failure as a learning point and we view it as an obstacle that we have to overcome and we stand yeah. back up and we, we look back at the situation, we say, what did I learn from that? My husband and I were at a business conference and there was a lady that her whole like keynote that she was giving was about failure. And so we were super tuned into this message. She was a makeup artist. And so she's talking about like doing a celebrity's makeup and if this person's listening, I love you and you're great. We just have different experiences. But, and so she's talking about like using the wrong lipstick and the makeup smearing on the lady's face. And this was like a huge failure for her. Like a huge time she had to like, it was a make or break moment. And my husband and I have six businesses between the two of us. And we have some businesses that we go really deep into, you know, and we've experienced failure on massive, like massive scales. And so while she's talking about this, like I look at my husband, he looks at me and he's like, I mean, like lipstick, like that's like, that's her failure, right? Like that's her big failure. She's sharing with us. Like how about appointing the wrong partners in your business and like losing hundreds of thousands of dollars or losing friendships in business because of this, or, you know, Mm -hmm. having to completely pivot and start over in, in a business because of this grand scheme. Right. But both of us had failure experiences, right? Mine was different. Mine was probably just as devastating and heart-wrenching as what she had walked through in her business. But we both had to redefine how we viewed that. Like, how did we view the failure? So she learned from it, like, don't use that kind of lipstick ever again. You know, use a different kind Mm -hmm. of lipstick. Like, we learned be more choosy about, like, who we decide to partner with. Like, pay more attention to what people tell you about what their gifts and their strengths are. And so when we look back and we're like, okay, so I learned from this. Like, every single thing in my life, just like you just said, every single time that I have failed in my life, I can tell you what I learned about myself in that and what made me stronger. And listen, I mentor women who are super familiar with failure. They don't have a fear of failure. Like they have a fear of success because they've experienced massive failure in their life. And we look back at it and I tell them constantly, I would never say everything happens for a reason because I think that that's crappy and it makes really bad, terrible things seem like they're not as big of a thing. But I will tell you that every single thing that has happened in your life has been part of your journey that makes you who you are today standing here. So look back, look back at those failures and be like, heck, I fell and then I got a better scholarship offer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I I quit college, but I also ended up marrying my husband whom I I was on a completely different path had I continued there, you know? So I think those are the three things like fail, 
Like, just do it. Just go fail. Like, if you don't know how you're going to fail in business, like, walk out your front door and face plant or something right now just to, like, make yourself feel better. Yeah. Face plant. <laughs> just do it. Get Rip the Band-Aid off. Go ahead and fail. Don't let it define you. Stand back up and then decide what you've learned from it. I love that. I love how you mentioned you meeting your husband because I feel like one of my my personal, like what I thought was a failure, which I don't even consider a failure anymore, but social media loves to remind me, thanks trolls, is <laughs> I started my naval career out on a ship. And because I ended up getting chronic migraines, I had to get pulled off my ship. And trolls like to say like, no, it's because you sucked at your job, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nope, not what happened at all, but thanks. Not today, Satan. Not today, Not today, Satan. Satan. Get out of here. <laughs> but that, that's what happened, essentially, is I started getting migraines, had to get pulled off my ship. I had to see a whole medical team, blah, blah, blah. Well, when that happened and they told me that I could not return to sea duty, I would either have to redesignate in the Navy to a different job or I'd have to get out of the Navy, period. That was my moment of failure. I was like, wait, first of all, I may not even have an opportunity to actually really go beyond this two years and serve as a naval officer. I was having to leave a ship where I started, didn't get to walk away with awards and a handshake and medals. Like me, Kelly Hall, you know, I was top in the Naval Academy. You know, I was always an outstanding candidate and leader and things like that. And here I am during my first tour, like leaving with so much potential behind me in my rear view mirror, all because of these chronic migraines. And so I was very embarrassed by this for a very long time. And I felt like I failed as a naval officer. Well, as the story goes, I got redesignated. I got picked up as a human resources officer. They sent me out to Columbus, Ohio. Like right away, I had no choice in the matter. That was my next duty station. That's where I met Austin. You know, Columbus, Ohio. I got sent to the middle of nowhere, you know, (laughs) in Ohio and the Midwest. Had never been to the Midwest before in my entire life. Probably would have never been there by choice either. And I kicked and I screamed and I asked the Navy to send me anywhere else because the whole point was supposed to be by the ocean and that didn't happen. (laughs) Um, But like looking back now, thank God, you know, thank God I took the leap of faith. I put my health first. I may not have left that first tour as successful as I wanted to, but every single step was part of the journey I was supposed to take. And it led me to my biggest success, which is finding Austin, you know, building a family with him in the future, building a life with him. And that, I mean, that tops everything. Any award that they'll ever hand you in the Navy is like being able to find that person and that partner. But it took a while to get over that and be like, that wasn't a failure. Like that was part of my journey. It was absolutely absolutely supposed to happen. And I'm not embarrassed of it anymore. People, I mean, Brandy, I kid you not, people love to like point that out on social media. They're like, didn't you leave your ship early? And I'm like, who are you? What is with the third degree? <laughs> like, what? Like, how do you know that? <laughs> like, they're like, people talk in the Navy and we just, we all know it. And I'm like, whatever. Bye, Felicia. Um, <laughs> bye. I know. I'm like, little do you know what I do now. So get out of here. But still, it's it just took a while. But like you said, knowing that that's a part of your journey and it's all part of who you're becoming and you look back and you just have like a sense of calm and pride and be like, I did that. I went through that. And like, if I can survive that, I can probably survive the next thing and I will survive the next thing and I can do the next thing. 
Well, and yeah, and and when you talk about like if I survive that, I can do the next thing. That's exactly what happens because mm-hmm. you know my husband and I had this this big you know failure that we perceived in business, which we have you know recovered from, and we were able to turn it around. So this year, when I'm set to launch this hat company in the middle of March, like, <laughs> hello, what happened in March? <laughs> You know, I had large orders. What happened to- in March? Was it a pandemic? I don't yeah. remember. It's a dumpster <laughs> fire. The whole world was in a dumpster fire and we oh, haven't climbed out of it yet. So I'm set to launch this company, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, everything hits. Like I had a book tour that was canceled. I had the launch of the company that was canceled. It was like everything came crashing down at once. So I went into a little bit of a like, oh my gosh, like, is anyone going to buy these hats after this pandemic? Like, is this even going to be relevant? Is anyone going to care? Yes. <laughs> Clicks add to cart. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't even understand if this is like something I need to continue doing. And it literally was that like, look back at what we've walked through in the past and look mm-hmm. back at what we deemed as a failure back then that we were able to overcome. Like, absolutely. sure, this one came with a whole different list of things that we had to overcome and evolve with. But heck, I've pulled one company out of the crapper when we were like millions of dollars in debt and, you know, all of our savings lost. So this other one that I'm building and bootstrapping, you know, that's for a good cause. Heck, I can do that. I, I can do that. You know, it's not nearly the overhead or the investment that I had in the other businesses. So yeah, wow, it gets a little less that's scary. Incredible. It does get a little less scary. It really, really does. And it usually takes, I feel like for me, it took like one two, three things over a period of five years. Now I'm pretty fearless. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. between you and me, I mean, my job, like now in the Navy, I'm in charge of roughly 50 people and it's a really big role. And I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. Like you have famously said, I feel like I'm building the plane as I fly it. And I'm like, no one died today. Great. <laughs> like <laughs> success. <laughs> like I did, I, did people go to boot camp? cool. Like what? Like I'm just trying to run to the crocodile that's closest to the boat. But I keep telling myself at the end of the day that I'm going to go through this challenge and I'm going to learn from it. And I'm not expected to know everything. Like even CEOs of businesses learn something new all the time. So like little Lieutenant Hall over here, like I'm not expected to run the Navy. Like I will be fine. This is what like learning is all about. And just same with those personal journeys in business or whatever your passion is, like you have to lean into it and you have to get through that scary part of it. I think it's also important to seek advice, to seek mentorship, to best equip yourself before failing. But if you fail, even with all those tools, you're still going to learn. Because I have seen some people who are like, well, hands up in the air, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm going to invest all my money in this. And it's like, well, I think you should have talked to some people first before you did that. Okay. So I'm going to like, on that one right there, I'm going to throw my favorite example out there is, so like the, the uber, uber, like religious group of people that are like the snake handlers that like the preacher holds the poisonous snake on stage and he's like... God's got me. God's protecting me. It says in the Bible he would. And so I'm going to hold this poisonous snake and nothing's going to happen. And like this d- guy literally died from a poisonous snake bite. So God gives can us I prov- this. Oh my God. Yes, what? It's a real thing. And so I'm like, it's literally like God gives us provision and protection, but he also gives us like common sense and tells oh us God. to seek wise counsel. So. 
I have anxiety right now. <laughs> it's like literally me jumping out of a plane without a parachute and being like, well, God got, he's got me. Got I'm going to build wings in 30 seconds. I'm like, yes. no. Yeah. God's like, I have absolutely. Got you. I He's like, I did have you. I had a man create a, this thing called a parachute and you were supposed to wear it. <laughs> exactly. And I also created common sense. So use that, please. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yes, I definitely recommend reaching out to people, asking questions, finding mentors and whatever you do. Because I do think that better equips you and helps prevent a fear of failure. But I think everything else you said was just so powerful and can't thank you enough for always just sharing such wise words, Brandy. Go check out her podcast, The Power Project. It's available on iTunes and Spotify. Any, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're all over the page, everywhere. Anywhere. Also her book, The Power Project, available on Amazon where? or it's anywhere. on Amazon <laughs> or yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, my website, www.the-powerproject.com. It's in any of those places. Amazing. Okay, and go support with the Power Hat Co. I'm going to link all of these in the show notes, but I got to get my hand on a hat, man. Seriously. Oh, I got to no, go we, rep the Power Hat company right now. Listen, we we got we to get a hat on your head. Yeah, we and do. Also, I'm a big hat person. You can even do a little special for your listeners, and I can do free shipping if they <gasps> want to use. Let's see. Let, yes. me, let me pull up my coat. Let me pull up what code they need I to use. I feel bad even doing free shipping because it's for a good cause. Because all the proceeds are, you built this company around, well, you'll explain it better. What You built the power company around why exactly? So we exist for the sole mission of providing transitional employment, primarily to traffic survivors. We will also provide transitional employment to other people transitioning out of other environments and situations. But for the girls that I mentor, we were walking through a process where the most common issue we had was them having gainful employment that attaches them to mm-hmm. purpose and mm-hmm. gives them some meaning that pays a fair living wage. So all of our leather wow. bands are hand stamped by survivors of human trafficking. You get a power word on the side of your band. There's a list to choose from on our website. And that's all stamped and made by survivors of human trafficking in three different wow. organizations in Texas right now. And then we donate with our affiliate program, with our partners, we donate 25% of net sales to organizations that are fighting trafficking, but we'll also be opening up to some organizations that support chronically homeless, transitioning off the street and providing some transitional employment there as well. Brandy, you do everything. You're a wonder woman. (laughs) You're president of empowerment. You, I'm just blown away by you. I might smell my um, turnip greens that are on the stove, like maybe singeing just a bit right now. So, you know, I don't really do it all. <laughs> well, you do a lot and we're all very appreciative of you and you life coach. So if anyone wants to connect with Brandy, I'll connect with those links in the show notes as well. I mean, to sit down and have a one-on-one session with you. I feel like anytime I connect with you and I'm like, hey, Brandy, what are we going to talk about today? You're like, here's a list of 70 topics that are all very powerful. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to hear all of them. Can I can I line up the next 70 podcasts? Like, wh- how do I, what? I need all of them. They're incredible. This is what we need to do. I, like, I love this. Like, I don't always, I don't do a whole lot of like me being interviewed. I do a lot of like behind the mic interviewing right. you know, with others. So it's super fun to come on and let someone else ask all the questions. Like, I, yeah. I love it. 
that's how I feel. Anytime I'm being interviewed, I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. I was like, this is my story. And I think you should do this. And I'm super wise. But whenever I'm on Misunderstood, I'm either, if I'm recording by myself, I just feel like I'm a nut. And I'm like, did I just say that? What? And then uh-huh. whenever I love like interviewing other people because I'm like, you're so wise. Wow. I totally understand. And like 100%. It's incredible. Well, thank you so much. You know, I think so highly of you and I'm so happy we connected via Instagram (laughs) almost a year ago. It was almost a year ago now. We connected via Instagram on the Power Project right before Miss California, which is incredible. And I've just been following your journey ever since. And you've been doing a ton, even amidst COVID. So I know that the audience is going to love it. They love hearing from you in general. So thanks so much, Brandy. That's awesome. And I, I've got that code. If you want to tell the audience, they can use Power Oh, yeah, Project. yeah, yeah. Add that on here. Mm-hmm. And tell them. Yeah, so you can go to thepowerhatco.com, shop our selection. They're gorgeous. Just like prepare your hearts. They're kind of amazing hats. And you can use code POWERPARTNER for free shipping. POWERPARTNER for free shipping. Okay, amazing. Okay, guys, there you go. Christmas gifts, add to cart, click, click, click. For a good cause, the Power Hat Co. And maybe a little stocking stuffer, the Power Project book. Might I? Oh, yes. Yes. They make a great pair. Oh, they do make a great pair. Maybe a bonus coupon for coaching with Brandy. There you go. go. A full empowerment present for Christmas. There you go. It's the entire thing wrapped up in a bow. Gentlemen, if you don't know what to get your ladies, send me a message. I can make it happen. Perfect. Well, thank you again. I feel like we really attacked so many misunderstandings about failure and, you know, hopefully redirected some negative connotations when it comes to failure. And I just can't thank you enough. Thanks, Brandy. I can't wait to meet with you like in person one day. Until then. Until then. Hanging out here. This will have to do. (laughs) Thanks. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, world? back with questions with Kelly. And I'm going to keep this brief this week because Brandy and I really liked chat on that podcast. But thanks for tuning in again. So first question here is, what was the scariest part about moving across the country with Austin? So a little background here, Austin and I had been dating like barely a year before he agreed to move across the country with me and move to Los Angeles because I was getting stationed here on orders with the Navy. Now, I don't think there was actually really a part of me that was scared to do that. I mean, I think, and I've spoken about this a lot on previous podcasts, but there's so much like self-reflection and personal development I think you need to do before you get into those kinds of serious relationships so you can feel really confident about those decisions. And if you are really, really terrified for certain things, I think that starts with you first. So I had done a lot of that legwork before ever meeting Austin. I was very self-aware, sure of what I wanted, knew what I wanted for my life and where I was going. So when Austin came in and fit kind of all those little puzzle pieces, it wasn't really scary. I mean, we were excited. We were excited to embark on a new chapter. We've really felt like we had grown and done a lot in our short period of time together in Columbus. Even in just a year, we did 
a ton together. Not just like outings, but, you know, with family, with friends, you know, making friendships with other couples. Like there was a lot of growth that happened in Columbus. So we were definitely ready for that chapter. So I would say the scariest part is like starting over as a couple, but it's not really that scary when you know you're with the right person. So keep looking for that right person. But if you haven't yet, keep working on yourself because I think that that is truly the most important thing. Next question. What was it like getting into pageantry with no experience? Great question. Mm-hmm. Not scary per se, overwhelming because when I got into pageantry in 2016, I had no pageant experience, like literally zero. And then when I showed up to the pageant and there was all these like bombshell women that were so put together and had their perfect little outfits and hair and makeup done, I was like, crap, I really, really not in the know of like how to do this and how to compete. But just like everything else, I wasn't really scared about the process because I knew I was going to grow from it. And that was why I was getting involved in pageantry. That's why I did Miss Ohio USA. It was to learn. It was to grow. It was to make myself better. And I did it. I didn't die. I didn't trip. That was good. But I survived. And so now I'm really like less intimidated to do other things because, you know, I dove into something like pageantry head first and I survived and then I continued doing it and I succeeded at it. So much like other things in life, you know, you have to just go for it. You know, at one point or another, you know, you have to learn, you have to pick up the book for the first time. You have to Google search it for the first time. You have to go do the scary thing for the first time. And that can be really, really intimidating. But once you do it and you get over it and you get through it, you're like, huh, well, that wasn't that bad. Or you're like, well, that was just as bad as I thought it would be. And I don't want to do it again, but at least you did it. So that's all I want to say for questions with Kelly today. I feel like I've chatted a lot during this episode, but you know, overall, just keep putting your best foot forward because you're going to learn, you're going to grow. And Everything in life happens for a reason. You're not here to be stagnant. You're here to keep moving forward. And remember that, channel that. You are learning, you are growing through every single thing that you do. And I cannot encourage you guys enough to dive into all of these different passions, experiences, adventures, relationships, because truly amazing things like, I don't know, fiancés come out of them. So thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Tune in next Tuesday for a new episode of Misunderstood. Until then, I'm Kelly Hall. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys, and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram, and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you love, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. Kelly Hall.